Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What are the 20 albums that invented punk? Hi, this is Pat Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine, and this is the Goldmine Magazine podcast. And we'll be talking to Goldmine author Martin Popoff in the June edition, page 14. You can follow along. He wrote uh, the 20 albums that invented punk rock. His research has everyone from the Rolling Stones to Sex Pistols. And this is a fun one, so you'll want to listen. And he, he describes why each album is important in the formation of punk. Okay, we'll be right back after this message from CygnusRadio.com. Hey, I'm Ronald Webb, and this is Patrick Prince. And together we host the Goldmine Radio Hour, the show that features the latest issue of Goldmine. The Music Collector's Magazine. Tune in Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on CygnusRadio.com. Okay, Martin Popoff, you wrote the 20 albums that invented punk. And this is going to be in the June issue of Goldmine. And the first question I have for you, man, is um, 20 albums here. Why not the Kinks? Well, okay. So so the reason uh, I, I kind of explained that in, 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 <laughs> in my 19, I suppose, Um you know, the funny thing here is this has to be albums. So this isn't singles. It isn't uh, bands. It isn't bands playing live. It isn't, you know, the classic television demos. I mean, uh, rehearsals that are on YouTube from 1974, which is a super important thing, along with the Ramones ones. Um, and what I also did here is uh, this one is a little different than some of the other ones I've done in that. Um, you know, about halfway through, we get into the actual punk. So it's not your invented. It's the early punk at right. that point, just which is kind of cool. So to answer your question, um, <clears throat> I think I think there's a little bit of uh, the kinks being owned by heavy metal with uh, all day and all the night. And you really got me. And plus, they became kind of folky and pastoral and con and conceptual as well. Yes, so I, I think the punkier bands. Uh, there would be would be my number twenty, the Rolling Stones, and my number nineteen, the Who. Mm-hmm. So with that, I was going to ask you. I, I, you know, I think of punk as invented by the Stooges and Ramones, but do you think punk is inherently British? Really? No, that's a really good question. Um, <clears throat> and I would go. You know, you say Ramones and Stooges, those are two very different things in my book. And I mean, yeah. and they are they are kind of invented by the Stooges. Stooges, of course, is on here, and that's a very important one. But um, to try to keep this short, I would say that um, I would say that uh, the invention of punk really oddly 
in in one respect goes to America and in another respect go, uh, respect goes to uh, to the UK. So I think I think it's one of these cases where punk was basically uh, seized upon by the British and taken and ran with and done so well by the British that the Americans were kind of left behind. And then in the in the popular consciousness, it is Britain because with Britain you have the Clash, the Sex Pistols. Um, the Buzzcocks, uh, yeah. you know, everybody all in 1977, the damned. Um, but in the States, what you had was, uh, as I mentioned, those, those apocryphal, very cool, uh, television rehearsal, uh, sessions, which are video and audio you can see on YouTube from 1974. And I believe there's Ramones, uh, on there in video from 1974. Um, if not, boy, I, I should know this because I wrote a Ramones book. Um, but, uh, there, there is early Ramones performances from 75 ish. Uh, Ramones had, uh, as you'll see in this list, Ramones had, um, the first and second punk album kind of, of all time. But so, there's this whole thing with the fashion sense and the idea of Malcolm McLaren taking Richard Hell's fashion sense, taking the New York Dolls fashion sense and kind of going over to the UK or the New York Dolls and the Stooges playing over there and being inspired. So 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 exactly. everything we think of as punk proper uh, is a UK thing. But when you dig down deep. Some of the big uh, clues, some of the big, big early things, putting aside MC5 and Stooges, are actually American, and that would be early, early Ramones and early television. Right, I agree. Now, okay, so let's start. It's you have it starting in 1965. This list is chronological, so mm -hmm. let's start with number 20. It's the Rolling Stones' Out of Our Heads. I thought that was a pretty good, interesting choice. They definitely have the attitude. Yeah, and they have the look, the attitude. They're the bad boys versus the Beatles in that classic argument. Um, they're they're pretty punky guys uh, yeah. at this time. And then nineteen, um, you know, these two kind of go together. You've got the Who with My Generation, and they're kind of punky guys too. Oh, they start as a yeah. Hard that's a yeah, definite they, one in my book. Yeah, yeah. They they start as a, as a you know a heavy blues thing. Um, and um. Roger is kind of like a roustabout guy. He 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 uh, is is a pretty powerful singer. But you've got Pete making a lot of noise, feedback. Uh, you know, hitting his guitar, smashing his guitar, of course, eventually. But ma mainly you have, and you've got some some uh, buzzy bass. But mainly you have Keith Moon, who's uh, <laughs> who's a very punky, noisy drummer. And you know, you see him. The big spirit of him is seen in in Ratscabies from the Damned. Right. Absolutely. Uh, number 18, The Velvet Underground, White Light yes. So here you, do, you have a band that's more the art side of punk, the post-punk side of punk. Um, uh, not so much American New Wave side, but more like the post-punk thing. It's a long story, bassy, atmospheric, murky, that right. kind of thing. Um, but you have a band who's right there in the heart of the art scene. Um, you know, Ramones, everybody's being sort of... Um, uh, inspired by this band and this scene, this whole Andy Warhol scene. And this is very, very early, obviously, 1968. So it's not particularly punky. They even looked a little more like the Beatniks. Um, but uh, but it's in there kind of creating a, uh, you know, an almost uh, terrorism type of, uh, of music. Like they're really challenging you, um, you know, of, of all your preconceptions like punk. Well, I love the phrase you use, dangerously artsy. That yeah. <laughs> pretty much sums it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. 
And one year later, we have the Stooges in 69. Yes, um, these, these two go together. You've got the Stooges in 69, MC5 back in the USA in 70. As I say here, you could have put in Kick Out the Jams. But, you know, both these bands are claimed by heavy metal as well. But they're definitely, I think, more comfortable in the punk realm. Iggy definitely with his sort of sardonic vocals. Uh, they were pretty punky on stage. They were they made, you know, they made a big mess with the peanut butter and the blood and cutting himself and jumping into the crowd out and 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 oh, fights yeah. stuff very loud music uh, the second album funhouse is very dirty sounding um so you you definitely have the origins of something it's it's a little bit of trying to be gritty and dirty and squalid on purpose that's a little bit of what punk's about everybody else was trying to be as good as they could be um whereas where the stooges and mc5 are actually a little bit like that are trying to be as good as they can be it's a little different from the stooges the stooges are trying to be you know dangerous and dirty and and on the edge so there's there's a big punk spirit thing in them and the next one mc5 back in the usa now mc5 is more political kind of like uh and that would come later with the clash but yeah. uh different than the stooges yeah, so sense. first they do the live album, and this is the album back in the USA, which is the studio album where they shorten up the songs. It's a little bit more, there's a little throwback to original rock and roll, a little throwback to the 60s. It's almost like a retro album in 1970. The guys don't really buy that, but I, I certainly think it is. Um, and then the next one's almost more like a hippie album. High Time is more like, uh, you know, free jazz mixed in with heavy metal and riffs and and bigger production. So it's it's. Uh, a little bit weird again um but so i picked this one just because it, it does feel the, the punkiest in most ways and number 15 i hear this mentioned a lot with punk rockers and psychedelic fans nuggets the combo yeah. the compilation yeah, so, so this is the idea that, uh, you know, a lot of people call the roots of punk rock all of those uh, garage bands. As I mentioned in the in my first entry, Remains, Count Five, Sonic, Seeds, Yardbirds, Monks, Music Machine, 13th Floor Elevators. So, so this is, uh, as I say, this is our cheat around garage rock because garage rock is sort of like the dirty, I mean, garage and punk kind of, they, they, they're, they're a similar sort of term, but garage rock is kind of just like the dirty, grittier side of, of 60s rock. So that, so this is a good placeholder. Plus Lenny Kay, um, Patti Smith guitarist is, is the guy kind of, uh, you know, known, known for these two nuggets comps. Right. And 14 again, Iggy and the Stooges, Raw Power. 1973. Yeah. yeah, and these two go together. 14 and, and uh, 13 is... Yeah, New York Dolls. That's a big one. The first album, yeah. New York Dolls. Yeah, so so here we have Iggy's third album, the Stooges' third album. This is the only, they only made three albums until, you know, way later um, with the sort of reunion idea. But this one is a, is a big, big, big punk influence. And it's also big because, um, you know, they were they were tearing up the town in London and this was recorded over there. And, uh, and you know, all of those, those um, punk guys, uh, you know, a lot of them got their inspiration from this and they got their inspiration from the New York Dolls who went over in 72, I believe on that 72 trip that's where that's when the drummer died right I so yeah um, uh, this drummer so uh, was it jimmy mercia billy mercia um so basically uh th this is uh this is a little bit of the punk guys taking notes and malcolm mclaren taking notes and uh so new york dolls had this androgynous thing going which isn't particularly punk it's a little bit punk but more so it's the vocals of david johansson it's kind of the punky playing i find these two records they made 
you know, much more, uh, much better than a lot of people give them credit to in terms of musicianship. But there is kind of a punky feel to the whole thing. Plus, they're right there in the heat of the battle, uh, you know, in New York City. They're squalid. They're doing heroin, all that stuff. So so basically and, and same with Iggy, you know, this is this is a dirty rock and roll band. Um, this is this is dangerous music. It's certainly not prog and it's certainly not, you know, deep purple. Well, I think there are androgynous attitude was more to shock than to uh, for anything else um you know whereas maybe david bowie it was more of an art thing and a little more serious i think yeah and, and there was a whole glam scene in britain yeah. at this time from around 72 exactly. to 75 um new york dolls didn't quite look that they actually looked better they actually did a better job <laughs> And it was more shocking, but you actually do see the androgyny thing in uh, in punk rock a lot as well. Now the dictators uh, number twelve go girl crazy. You see that a lot mentioned as a underrated album. Yeah, I I totally uh, believe they should deserve more credit. Um, there's the the humors in there. They again are right in there at the same time as as everybody else. And really, you look at this. I mean, this is this is one of the first you could say be, between the early guys. This is like the first transitional punk album. It's not that punky. It's more like. Um, pretty you know averagely recorded heavy metal but it's got the humor um it's got the not taking themselves seriously as a heavy metal band it's got the cool um you know the leather jackets um so they're in there deserving more of this and then later of course on the on the second album they covered search and destroy um you know they're managed by sandy perlman who manages blue oyster cult who is um, who is the producer of Clash? Give them enough rope. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they have a lot of punk ties, but but they're in there. Um, they, they, I think they deserve to be. Uh, you know, they're they're definitely always called a crossover punk heavy metal band. And coming in at eleven is a band you don't particularly like, the Modern Lovers, nineteen seventy six. Yeah, I think this deserves mention though because it's it's sort of the roots of the Boston scene. Um, you know, it's it's recordings from much earlier. Um, it's a little bit in Jonathan Richmond's vocals and maybe even just the look of the band. They looked more new wave than they looked punk, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're often cited um, uh, as as part of the thing. And now we go to the top ten: Ramones, nineteen seventy six, and that's that's a huge one. Yeah, so so ten and nine go together. Now we're transitioning into punk is born. Um, you know, it basically uh, Ramones is is widely cited as the very first punk album ever. Would you agree uh, with that? Yeah, I, I kind of would. It definitely fits it musically. They've got the leather jackets. They've got the uh, the iconic ripped jeans with the knee out of them. They got the sneakers. Their hair's a little long, of course. Um, and you know, vocally, uh, Joey is such a strange vocalist. I don't know if you could ever call him a punk vocalist. I don't think he's particularly punk. You know, not like even in his in his in his raw in in his voice. Uh, which isn't raw. It's in like in his voice. He's not punk, but even he doesn't even use his voice like a punk. He's not he's not exactly a shouter. He's more of like that sardonic punk thing, which is which is fine, too. But but musically, this is very punk. It's got the short songs. They're relatively fast. They're not as fast as everybody says they are. Um, But they're you know, they're big, smeary power chords. uh, And it's funny. It's humorous. The lyrics are pretty punk, you know, with the sniff and glue and all that. They're very (laughs) urban lyrics. So 
Yeah, so you've got 10 Ramones, 1976, nine Ramones leave home, which is kind of interesting because it's it's out January 10th of 1977. So, uh, and it's even punkier than the first one. So as I say here, as I argue, Ramones actually had the ver- the first two punk albums of all time. And they were very influenced by early rock and roll, Phil Spector and all that stuff. So and it does come, uh, you do hear it in these punky songs. Um, I want to be sedated. You know, it, it does come out, at least to me. Yeah, they have the influence of the girl groups and of garage rock, and the dictators are kind of the same thing. And right. and so are the New York Dolls, for that matter. There's definitely a big influence of the girl groups there, uh, you know, being uh, produced by Shadow Morton and stuff like that. Um, so uh, so you're right, yeah. And and so there again, you know, we've we've got we've got the Nuggets and all that stuff as as part of this right. because Ramones are a very garage rock kind of band. And then the Damned, which is uh, pretty much UK's first punk album basically damn exactly. damn yeah and it's very punky this is the one that jimmy hen or J- jimmy hendrix jimmy page said i can't believe the energy coming out of these punks right <laughs> Uh, and it's a crazy energetic album and it's it's got rat scabies you know keith moon times three and a half um you know they 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 look punk with the they're, they're very chaotic looking the the music is extremely chaotic um and it's fast and it's and it's really kind of violent and gritty and yeah for first punk first punk album i believe they might even be i i can't remember the exactly but i you know new rose is often considered i think you know the first punk song um somewhat uh, one of the very very early punk singles so yeah and they're and they're just an arch perfect punk band and also taking on names like rat scabies um yeah. you know they had to <laughs> yeah it's a taking on the most shocking name uh you can right is <laughs> That's yeah, sort of punk they, and they were, you know, they they would wreck hotel rooms, and they were they they were pretty they were pretty rambunctious dudes. Yeah. Now the Saints that that was a good one. I didn't expect that one. Yeah, I bought this as a new release at the time in 1977. Super heavy, heavy, punky album. They don't look particularly punky, but they also are very early. They are from Australia, but, you know, they they quickly transitioned to the UK. They made one of my favorite punk albums of all time, their second album, Eternally Yours. Um, And they also have uh, are, are, you know, can be credited as as one of the very first punk singles. I believe it is. I'm stranded. Might even go back to 76 with that. and you know the, the who what are they called the radio radio stars radio birdman there, there's a few there's a few um there's a few australian things that are considered somewhat in this but the saints uh this album you know you don't get punkier sounding guitars than you do on this album it's just raging electrocuted guitars on this record and my ne- this number six is my favorite punk band the clash 1977 mm-hmm. their first debuted album and uh this is a damn good one. Oh yeah, and they and they looked punk, you know, with with the spray painted clothes and the spiky hair and the short hair. They looked totally, totally punk. They were probably the most punk looking band there was, um, <clears throat> and the songs were very punky. And Joe Strummer's vocals were very punky. Um, this brings up another good point. Um, you know, th- those those kind of soccer hooligan holler along. Uh, backing vocals and choruses, plus singing in an English language. I, I mean, uh, accents, English accent. Um, this this was a very, very English sounding band. They sung about English themes. Um, 
But, you know, uh, obviously uh, the second album is also still pretty punky, but then they just completely went off into left field and, and really took on a lot of reggae and all sorts of stuff, Americana, and became... And then even and then even pioneered in electronic music and dance music. Yeah. Um, so they became not punk very, very quickly. Uh, and, you know, those are almost their more celebrated years. But this is an early punk album. I remember getting this as a new release, too. Not being a big fan of it as a kid because it wasn't quite heavy enough. Mm. Um, but uh, but it's totally punk. Yes. And I think that they sort of... Um punk you know a lot of people who love punk still love their later albums because they were still they still had the attitude and uh that sort of against authority attitude you know what i mean yeah they, they remained they, they kept that intact okay yeah. the next one is a compilation new wave yeah i thought i'd mention this because i i actually was even on the phone when i was talking to somebody for our uh up upcoming goldmine book 10 albums that changed uh changed my life yeah. right um, yeah. yeah um somebody brought that album up and i recall this as being possibly the first punk album i ever got um so this may even be in the chronology of things this might be uh super super early like even before um, most or all of the new releases but anyway this was a french comp and it had as i say here ramones dead boys patty smith new york dolls it, it really defined the scene it had this red cover it had Steve baiters on the cover spitting out his drink or whatever maybe even throwing up i don't know um, but i <laughs> Stiv from the Dead Boys on there. Um, Little Bob Story, French pub rockers. Richard Hell and the Voidoids, they had an early punk album. Oh, Boomtown yeah. Rats, Fucking Heads, The Damned. Um, and at the same time, I mentioned in, in my little write-up here, uh, I got the Streets compilation, which was really cool. And the Live at the Roxy compilation is another super early punk compilation that had uh, a lot of uh, the very, very early nascent punk bands before anybody had albums out, Slaughter and the Dogs, X-Ray Specs, um, playing live at the Roxy. So, um, so yeah, compilations were a big deal. It's almost a cheat to call them albums, but they were, they were out. Um, you know, if we're not going to count singles where, you know, we can count some compilations. Now you made a note in here about the runaways. You never bought them as a punk band. Um, yeah. why is that? Well, I don't think they looked particularly punk, and um, I don't think their album covers looked punk. They they looked a little more glam. I honestly always put them in, and and you know buying those records as as new releases as a kid, I always thought they were quite accomplished. They they really should uh, should get more credit for being you know good productions, good playing, good singing. They were tight. They always to me as a kid fit right in the camp with Aerosmith and Ted and Blue Oyster Cult and Kiss and Sweet and Moxie and Tease, you know, because I'm Canadian. Um, but basically, to me, they were, to me, they were, uh, they were basically the uh, the female Ted Nugent band. Wow, okay. Um, and you said something with the damned, insane highlight. Yeah, because I believe I heard the damned New Rose on this compilation mm. first, and and New Rose just dominated this compilation. Gotcha. It was so heavy and so violent and frenzied and so cool. It was just the best punk song on this compilation. And then you have a Midwestern band, Suicide Commandos. 
Make yes. Record, 1977. So, so I put this in here because because uh, it was an early album. It was American. It was very punky. They looked like punks. It was a trio. Short songs, very kind of frenzied playing. They had a cool kind of a little bit of the damned type playing to them. But the production of this album was better. I think there were a lot of songs on it, like 17, 18 songs or something on it. Um, so it doesn't get mentioned enough, um, but it should get mentioned because it is 1977. And then uh, diodes, diodes, that's yeah, it. like like the electric thing. So so I never I'm got thinking, into them, but yeah, well, and and for good reason because basically <laughs> they have this one album, this album, which is really heavy and really cool and punky. It's well recorded, um, but Canada didn't have much at all to contribute mm. to the genesis of punk. DOA was later, Subhumans was later. Um, so Vancouver had a bit of the scene with with the the U jerks. There were the young Canadians from Calgary. Uh, we had the Vile Tones here, but they never got it together. Steve Lecky and them to make an album, unfortunately. Um, but the Diodes did, and then everybody else wasn't very heavy at all. Uh, but this album's a really cool, heavy, heavy punk album, mm. and it's also early. But then they made two other albums, which quickly, just like most of these bands, by the, by the time most of the these bands get to 1978 they abandoned punk right. and the diodes did the same thing i have to pick up that first album yeah um the dead boys young loud and snotty that's a definite one that's uh Definitely. should be in there totally should be in there because also they got to get some credit for even more so the invention of punk because they're coming from that whole ohio rocket from the tombs thing so so the Dead Boys and Perubu were an evolution of of something you could argue as earlier punk going all the way back to even, say, 1975, 76. And if you go on Spotify or YouTube, you can hear you can hear live stuff that that was mashed into albums later of what what these what that band was doing, Rocket from the Tombs. And it's pretty punky. Uh, and there's a few other bands. So Ohio is kind of Akron, Ohio. Cleveland is kind of the cradle. Devo was pretty early as well. Pretenders. Um, well, okay. Chrissy Hind. Yeah, so so they're kind of the cradle, one of the unsung cradles of the origins of punk rock. But Dead Boys, this album, first album, 1977, is almost more punk rock than any album on this entire list. Like they are almost like the the Spinal Tap or the you know basically the cartoon version of punk rock. And I don't want to put them down because I love this album. It's heavy as heck, and uh, and it's it's a great great punk album. But the singing and the look of the band, everything about them is like every single thing about them is pure punk. If if there's little bits of every other band, we can say, yeah, but that little thing about them wasn't punk. There's nothing about this album, including the album title, Young, Loud and Snotty, that isn't punk rock. And they fortified themselves by moving to New York City and they were around CBGB a lot. Yeah, exactly. They were they were essentially, everybody almost forgot that they were a Cleveland band. They were essentially a <laughs> band. That was a smart move. Um, and, of course, everyone's going to think, uh, number one, the Sex Pistols, never mind the Bollocks. It's on everyone's mind, isn't it? When yes. It, it has to be the, it has to be number one. It's First off, it's an awesome album. Second, uh, the Sex Pistols actually go back, you know, a few years. I, I, I was going to look up the date before we talked. I, I can't remember. But I think they have roots back to about 75. 75, right. Yeah. So, uh, oh yeah, I even mentioned it here. Uh, yeah, so so they have roots back to '75, which is which is very commendable of them. I mean, um, because essentially, uh, if we go if we get off the album thing, see, uh, you know, another thing I want to dispel is that 
I've never bought this idea of pub rock in the UK, Dr. Feelgood, Eddie and the Hot Rods, particularly um, being the roots of punk rock. I think punk rock kind of uh, does get stolen from the States by Malcolm McLaren uh, and the likes and 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 the influence of the Dolls and the Ramones, really, and, and Stooges. Um, but it's, but it, any, anyway, Sex Pistols totally looked look the, the, the part. Uh, Johnny Rotten is the number one, you know, one guy who is the iconic punk. His vocals are the iconic punk vocals. Smart political lyrics. Um, you know, Sid Vicious. How do you get more punk rock than that? You know, in including the dying of a heroin overdose very soon. Um, and the other two guys are very punky. The album. You know, everybody says it's kind of like oh, it's just like a great heavy metal album without guitar solos. And there's a little bit of that to it, but it's but it's uh, it it is heavy. Um, it's got it's got those those soccer hooligan sing along choruses. It's anthemic. It's it's extremely punk rock. It's in there in you know close enough to the origins of the whole thing, 1977. But again, the reason why they're late is because they they cause so much trouble that they kept getting kicked off of labels. Right. And they had singles all along too. So so essentially. Um, you know, yeah, it it is the number one iconic punk rock album. And what is more, and what can be more punk and iconic than to make one record and then break up? So they did that too. <laughs> Almost like the most powerful rocket, it it burns out right away. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, this these are the albums that invented punk rock. Now the last question I have for you is today. Um, Currently, what do you think? Who do you think is the best punk band out there? If you had to choose one or two, you know, I I almost I almost can't even go there because because to me, punk more than any genre, I think I think it was of a time, and then it just kind of like goes away. I mean, essentially. For me, punk, you know, and I'm not like this. I'm not like this with heavy metal or prog or anything or any other genre. But to me, to me, punk is over. Uh, and and people people like freak out when I say this sometimes. But but people, you know, in the UK, they used to say things like punk punk ended, punk died when the Clash got signed to Sony. Right. right. So so in the UK, they think punk ended in early 1977. To right. me, to me, punk ends by about 1978. To me, I don't even count UK um, UK hardcore as punk. I don't even count, uh, you know, Black Flag and Dead Kennedys as punk. Right. I mean, to me, to me, by the time it all starts then and then the next time that you could have anything that that feels like um, you know a, a, a something around a box with the borders is is your rancid and Green Day and Offspring thing and 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 to me it's it's almost ludicrous to even go uh, to go beyond that but but like I say that there's there's three movements in there that I won't even count as as punk I'm 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 definitely a purist when it comes to it's it's just such a fragile artistic package that mm. I that I don't think. I, I, it's almost like as soon as even when these punk bands put down the guitars, uh, which almost all of them did, uh, essentially, um, by about 1978, it's it's more or less all over. So uh, so I'm going to refuse on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you think about it, there's a lot of bands like Fugazi. Maybe they're more hardcore. I don't know. It's, it's hard to – I kind of like it that they are – um, genre busting. You don't know how to describe them, really. 
Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, to me, that's the that they're very artistic. That band. I mean, to me, to me, when post punk happens, a lot of bands take influence from that. And and if you're going to take influence from post punk, you're so far removed from punk, anyways, because post punk. <laughs> is not even very punk to me to me the next stuff that 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 sits that that you kind of have to include if, if you're not going to be as radical as i am on this is is the whole uk hardcore thing yes. which to yes. me to me actually i i pick a, a weird one to start that off i i picked the uk subs first album a, another kind of blues 1979 um although they aren't considered one of those kinds of bands but to me that's where it starts because to me that is the first album that is that that seems to be a reaction against all the punk bands going artsy. To me, they're they're going back and saying, "Pull out those guitars again and play fast and be shouty," you know. Uh, and and to me, that's where it starts. And that and that's where all the UK hardcore purists uh, are essentially. I mean, there's there's some politics, even some uneasy politics with the skinhead thing and all that. Um, but essentially, they're saying we just want to go back to the pure you know, fast, loud guitars thing. And then, and then American hardcore, of course, from New York. And then, and then the LA thing was kind of the same thing where, where it's like, let's be heavy. Like the original punks, all the punks stopped doing this. We have to revive this. Right. And then you have reactions like John Lydon, uh, you know, Johnny Rotten. Um, he, he seems to have an aversion to bands like, um, rancid and a green day, like almost like what you said, you know, punk happened. Who are these guys? <laughs> yeah. And, and John Lydon, again, just keeps proving himself to be the ultimate punk because they literally invented anti-music, no wave, you know, with, with the public image limited. Yes. I mean, that is the most radical, bizarre form of post-punk out there. There is, I mean, post-punk is a very interesting genre in itself and it has, a number of touchstones. I mean, it, it does a lot of weird things, but but one of the touchstones, if if we want to, you know, venture a generalization, is tribal drums, uh, a lot of naked bass lines, like just bass carrying the song, a lot of warbling away, a lot of dissonance. Mm-hmm. Guitar is uh, is more of a of a coloring instrument on Joy a lot of that. Joy Division, stuff. I think about that. Yeah. Yeah, and Joy Division was a little more structured, a little more, um, you know. But Joy Division introduced a little bit of keyboards to it too. But they have the sparseness of post punk. But um, but Public Image Limited again. I mean, he's just such a radical. He he essentially. They're like Can or Noy or whatever, Henry Cow or whatever. Yeah. Like they're they're literally uh, they're literally the most radical post punk band. So so Johnny is just I mean he just keeps proving himself to be how, how he was the ultimate punk. Yeah. All right, Martin. Thank you, and we'll talk to you okay. next time. Thank you. All right. Bye, man. Thanks, Martin. That was fun. The twenty albums that invented punk rock. Who would have known the Rolling Stones out of our heads would have been the planted seed in 1965 for the formation of punk rock. Okay, in the meantime, go to goldmymag.com and you'll get 68% off the cover price of Goldmine subscription for a year. And also you can get, there are giveaways. We give away everything from CD box sets to CDs themselves and vinyl records and also Photographs ready for framing by Mark Weiss. He'll autograph them too. Um, they're called Vintage Shots. You can also go to select stores at Barnes & Noble and Books A Million and pick up the new issue. The, the issue we talked about here in the podcast that has the 20 albums that invented punk. That's the June issue. 
has the zombies on the cover, and that is on the newsstands at Books A Million and Barnes & Noble stores. Well, take care. We'll see you in the next podcast. Bye now.